We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert. And on our Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line, we have the oncologist at uh, Thibodeau Regional Cancer Center Institute, Dr. Ashish uh, Odrani. And, Doc, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. How are you, bud? Good evening, gentlemen. How are you today? Good. Doc, uh brought you on and uh, not specific with uh, Foster Morrow because uh, you're not treating him, but with the Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, first question right off the bat would be to you is exactly how the treatment and the recovery for most uh, patients that have it now He's different now because there's only about 2,000 people in this world that play professional football. I mean, so he, he's an extraordinary athlete on that end. But the treatment and the recovery and how it's a little bit different for everyone. Bob and I, we both have had uh, people with cancer, either friends or family Parents, yeah. and, and that sort of thing. And how the recovery is a little bit different. But kind of go through uh, initially when it's diagnosed – and the recovery and also the treatment that goes along with uh, the Hodgkin's lymphoma. And the side effects, when you expect it to come back, the percentages, all that. Absolutely. Guys, so what I'll do is actually I'll take a step back, if that's okay, to kind of explain to your listeners what lymphoma really is. Okay. So we have like three main plumbing systems in our body. So first plumbing system is the arteries that carry oxygenated blood to the organs. Second is the veins that carry the uh, deoxygenated blood back to the lungs and the heart. And the third plumbing system is our lymphatic channels or lymph nodes. So what they do is, like, basically that's the, that's the plumbing system our immune system uses to get to places where it needs to heal injury or infection or what have you. So, you know, when you're playing football and, you, you know, you hit yourself and get a big bruise, it swells up and then it turns yellow and green. Right. Well, you know, when it's healing. So that's what basically our immune system is using those lymph node channels to get to that side of injury and, like, drain off the dead cells and heal the injury and or infection. So when you get, and, you know, our spleen is a part of that immune system, so is our bone marrow. So when you get cancer of those lymph nodes, you know, there's two types. There's Hodgkin's and non-Hodgkin's, and, you know, one of those is, the, you know, that's, compiled, that's what we call lymphoma. And so one type of lymphoma, you know, is Hodgkin's lymphoma. And, you know, the good news about with Hodgkin's is, you know, it's basically people say, well, how did people get you know, so young at it? It's actually a very common disease in the young folks. You know, basically around the age of 20 to 34, you can get Hodgkin's, and then, there's another peak later on, around 65 plus, you can also get Hodgkin's lymphoma. So that's basically, in a nutshell, what lymphoma is and, you know, how it can happen. Now, in regards to treatment, good news with, about Hodgkin's lymphoma, with his early stage, you know, uh, the cure rates range from anywhere from 98%, you know, even with advanced stage, it's around 67% with treatment. And people do very, very well and, you know, God willing, cure to these disease with the current treatments we have available today. So to answer your question about, you know, recovery from treatment, um, you know, like I said, for an average person, recovery is very well. You know, young adults that are, you know, the average human beings live long, healthy lives without it. Uh, pro athletes, you know, 
are certainly a different breed. You guys, you know, train your bodies and you guys eat the healthiest foods, nutrition, diet is an important aspect of a professional athlete. So that certainly helps in regards to the recovery aspect of it. Now, the long-term complications we see after the treatment are really more so heart and lung related based on the treatments you get. Because the chemo, the analogy I give is think of a shotgun, like a blast approach to kill cancer cells. That's chemotherapy. Think of a high-powered rifle that hones in on a target on top of the cancer cell. That's targeted therapy. And we use a combination of these things to attack and kill these cancer cells. And some of the chemotherapies can affect your lungs long-term, and other chemotherapies can certainly affect your heart long-term. So those are the biggest long-term sequelae. And then developing other cancers is another risk, you know, 15, 20 years down the line from the treatment you get for Hodgkin's lymphoma, whether it be chemo or radiation therapy or both. You know, uh, you know, Doc, you talk about chemo or radiation uh, therapy. Okay, so let's say when it's initially diagnosed and you start the treatment, is there a time frame, okay, uh, so many months you do the treatment and then it stops and then, uh, you know, you could be a, a, a normal citizen in society, then you recover. But what would it be like to all of a sudden have the treatment and then you got to respond or recover to be a professional football player. I mean, is that something that could be realistically uh, with Foster Morrow, for instance? Uh, would it be like uh, all of a sudden when he was diagnosed, where he's at? The Saints seems like they have they have confidence uh, in Foster Morrow in his future that he'll be able to contribute for the 2023 season. Is that realistic to you? Oh, absolutely, Bobby. I mean, the case in point example, I mean, we have it. Um, uh, and I can't, and you can please help me. The running back, uh, James Connor, James Connor. Thank you. Thank you. James Connor recovered very well from his lymphoma. I mean, I think the recovery aspect of it, usually I would say within a month or two after the entire treatment is done, the average folks recover very well from the treatment and the disease is gone and their side effects that they were having from their cancer goes away with the treatment begins and then two months after the treatment's done most of the acute side effects that happen from the treatment are pretty much resolved you know barring any complications certainly during the treatment process body so i would say you know even from a recovery standpoint for a professional athlete i mean i think that's you know the recovery period is even faster so i don't i think the saints can certainly expect uh you know a healthy foster moreau coming in, you know, into training camp this year to be able to contribute to the season. Oh, that, that's great. That's, that, that, that's great that's news. That's awesome news. Doc, yep. uh, is there a genetic code uh, with Hodgkin's lymphoma? Uh, somebody asked me that today to ask you uh, once they figured out we, we had made that connect the dots. Is there a genetic code with that? Or is that just something that, you know, from a body makeup that you could get? You know, that's a great question. I think... So the short answer that I always tell my, my patients is, the short answer is only God knows why we any of us get cancer. That's the short answer. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the logical, the scientific, the most logical theory out there is that some people are born with a predisposition, which we don't know, you know, certainly in Hodgkin's we don't know yet. And, you know, then you expose them, or the, you know, to the wrong environment, 
you know, whatever it may be. And it creates like a perfect storm in someone's body. It's what they call a two-hit hypothesis. you got to have two hits to create that perfect storm to get cancer. Now, there are associations that put you at increased risk. Okay. People have found, like, you know, certainly there's, there's a virus called Epstein-Barr virus, which is actually the virus that causes mono. And so folks who have that can put, right. put you at increased risk of that, you know, of having Hodgkin's lymphoma. HIV has been associated, you know, uh, you know folks who have that have a, certainly an increased risk. Um, certain other associations, such as basically being uh, overweight, obesity has been associated with it. Low socioeconomic status, believe it or not, has been associated with having higher risk. But what I tell, try to tell, explain to people is, you know, just because you have these risks doesn't mean you're going to get it. It's not a direct correct, correct relationship. Yeah. So, for example, you know, smoking increases your risk of having lung cancer, but not everybody who smokes gets lung cancer. Does that make sense? Right, but without a doubt. Yeah. Doc, I, I had a, a grandpa. He smoked for almost 65 years. He lived to 92 years old. You wouldn't have thought, okay, okay, if you smoke a pack and a half, two packs of cigarettes a day, you're going to live that long. No, but you had lung cancer before. But somebody that. else doing that, they don't live to 40. Yeah, yeah or even 50, and, yeah. And, Bobby, I'll tell you, like, I get patients from down the bayou, and I used to go down to Laro. I mean, I used to go down to Cutoff <laughs> before I and all that stuff. I mean, you'd see, I mean, you know, like, from that community, there's so much cancer. But then right next to it, like, you know, they, you, people have neighbors that have been living the good, you know, bayou life and living in 95 and living the hard life and still, like, going strong. Well, yeah, you know, I never forget this. Uh, now, I... I'm just thinking of this. I had a great grandma called Grand Pognon. Grand Pognon lived to like 96. <laughs> and I, I tell you what, uh, she did a, a shot every night before she went to bed. And she ate eggs and bacon every morning. And the only reason why she died at 96 because she broke her hip. Uh, you know, oh, going into the house. But other than that, uh, she was doing fine. So, yeah, I think genetics has a big part of that. Uh, but, Doug, the question I have for you uh, it's also because, I don't know, I, I think about like, uh, and I think you mentioned this previously, like uh, Hodgkins and non-Hodgkins. Explain that again, because yes, I want to get that right, because people have asked me about that, and I don't have an answer. But explain like no, Hodgkins and non-Hodgkins uh, when you're talking about that. Yes, yes, Bobby. So the, when we talk about lymphomas, like cancers of those lymph nodes, that the, the plumbing system in general you know, we differentiate it based on how they look under a microscope. So when they take a piece of lymph node out and they look at it under a microscope, what they found was, you know, there's two different types of cancers. And that's how they figured it out is, is that, hey, either you have Hodgkin's, which has a very specific looking, uh, which has a very specific look to it when you look at it under a microscope and you see certain types of cells that you can look at and what those cells are called reed cervix cells. And that's what they find when you see those, it's Hodgkin's lymphoma. When you don't see those, it's non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. And that's really essentially the difference that exists is that, you know, we just kind of, you know, that's how once they figured out, hey, you know, initially all lymphomas didn't behave the same. And then they figured out, okay, well, you know, this, this lymphoma behaves differently than that one. And then that's how they named them. And now... Under Hodgkin's and non-Hodgkin's are the two main categories, right? 
within those, you have another subcategories of how you then further, you know, define what those types of lymphomas are. So, you know, there's categories within categories to say, hey, you have, let's say, for example, classical Hodgkin's lymphoma, or you have nodular lymphocyte-predominant Hodgkin's lymphoma. So they have a different category, subcategories within each one of them. So that's the difference. The main difference is really you got to have, you know, just like lung cancer, you either have small cell lung cancer or non-small cell lung cancer. And then within those, you have different categories. So that's how they've determined over the years since they began to understand cancer and began to figure out, okay, why does it behave differently? Why does, how, how do we treat it differently? And that's the main thing is, right? So right. once you figure out lymphoma, the treatment for Hodgkin's is extremely different, completely different than non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Well, uh, you know, Doc, what came out in the news today, um, how can you not be optimistic if you foster Moreau and his family or the Saints organization or a member of the Houdat Nation uh, going forward when they're guaranteeing him $8 million? Uh, they expected yeah. him to play what? I mean, think about this. If you sing, ain't nobody guaranteeing you no $8 million. I don't care if you went to Jesuit, went to LSU, and you're a homeboy and all that. Uh, no, because, listen, I know business. I know professional football business. That means they expecting Foster Moreau to contribute in the future. When they guarantee him $8 million, they, they ready for Foster Moreau to turn that corner and contribute. And Doc, who's ever treating him? Had to give that the green light oh, before you get that contract. Uh, to me, it has to be that way. I mean, that just common oh, sense. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, Bobby, you can probably attest to this more than me. But I mean, beyond of what I do, like you know, physicals of my patients, like hey, after the treatment's done, and congratulations, God willing, you're in remission, and God willing, you're cured of this disease. Then you know, for professional athletes whether it be James Conner or certainly Foster Moreau, you go through another ring of physicals with, you know, at a professional right. level. Make sure that, hey, everything, you know, all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed before anybody even offers that contract from a business standpoint to say, hey, yes, we expect these guys to, to produce. Doc, uh, one last question before we let you loose. We you got something you can't beat. You know, it, it's too far. But the mental aspect of this, and I think especially if you're younger, man, what? Uh, I got this. Man, I, I'm going to beat this. Uh, I think it does matter the mental, spiritual part of how you handle yourself when you get told, I don't care if you're young, middle-aged, old, man, you got cancer. Now, for some people, it, it, we wheel back 20 years. You tell them that, oh, my God, uh, they're in a state of shock. But I think we live in another world now where I think people are more accustomed to the fact that people do get treatment and do recover well, from it. Well, they can't it. be more optimistic and the family yeah. support and also the technology. So your thoughts, and, and you've treated a lot at, at, at Thibodeau Regional Cancer Institute, on, on the mental part of this, too, because I think that's – uh, another phase of it we really don't think about. We think about the physical no. part, but the mental part of it. Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, um, and you, it was a great segue into kind of the practice that I, you know, uh, practice at, uh, at Thibodeau Regional. You know, so I have a very holistic approach. So it's what they call integrative oncology. And I think like the mental health aspect of it is so important because I tell folks, you know, like in the old days, 
you know, when I was training, even when I was training, people used to say, the patients used to come up to doctors and say, Doc, is there anything I could do? And the answer was, no, nothing you could do, only this treatment works. And the questions patients would ask was, Doc, is there anything I could eat? And the answer was always, eat whatever you want, just keep your weight up during chemo, right? And I never really understood that because I'm like, man, if cheeseburgers, milkshakes, and fries are not good for you when you're healthy, how can it be good for you when you have cancer? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So, I get so it, matter, Doc. You know, and so... So the mental aspect is so important because mind over matter right, is so important because That's true. and and athletes use this more so than than the average person is because guided imagery right how to get over you know like how to get your mind Adversity, right or how, to, yeah. how to get focused. Exactly. And that's so important. And they incorporate that in regards to certainly in professional athletes. And now it's seeping in to modern medicine to say, listen, managing stress, managing anxiety, getting, you know, positive reinforcement for patients mentally is so important for them to help get them through this. And, you know, go ahead, Doc. No, no, no. I say I think I think what you hit on is extremely important. And we try to emphasize that so much. Because managing, you know, stress, managing anxiety, because I joke around with patients, I'm like, if you're sitting across from me, and if you tell me you don't have anxiety or depression, you're lying to me or you're not human. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, we all do time from time to time. We all do. Exactly. And especially if you're, if you're sitting across from an oncologist, you know, like, you know, I've seen people sweating. I've seen grown men sweating. You know, he's trying to compartmentalize and uh, whether your faith comes into play. There's a lot of different a- avenues. But uh, listen, the bottom line is uh, you don't have anything without hope. You got to have yes, hope sir. and you have to look forward to the sun rising. And you might say, oh, that's all pie in the sky. Well, what's your alternative? Come on. The, How you handle The alternative adversity? isn't real good. No, no. So that, that that's why is the glass half full or half empty? I mean, no matter what yep. adversity you face, it it has to be half full. Come on, uh, that, I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I've had family members that have dealt uh, with different issues and and how you handle it. Uh, you see different individuals. It's all uh, it's all different. Uh, but, but but I know uh, that I think and, and Doc, we're going to continue to get better with cancer research. No matter uh, what you're dealing with, all parts of your body, and I'm optimistic with that. I mean, I mean, I don't think we're going backwards. Well, all of a sudden, we're going to get uh, worse with technology. No, I think we're going to get better uh, with, oh, with, with solving the problems. We are already, Bobby. I mean, cancer truly is becoming more of a chronic disease than it used to be. Yep. You know, I mean, it's like you know, it used to be what used to be a death sentence. Let's say thirty, forty years ago. Now people are living longer and healthier. More importantly, and having good quality of life. And, you know, enjoying time with their family members, yep. you know, than they used to before. And so I tell folks, I'm like, you know, listen, only God has an, ex- you know, don't let any human being put an expiration stamp on you because it's not true. I mean, I, you know, driving home from Thibodeau back to Uptown, I can get hit by a bus and go before you. Right. Only God knows the future. Nobody else does. So, Doc, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. But I got to tell you this. I posted it online that you were going to come on with us tonight. And so many people, they they would text me back, hey, Mike, you man, he's the best. Man, Doc is the best with it. He treated me five years ago. He treated me a couple years back. And so I'm driving. I pull into uh, my parking spot, and somebody uh, called me and was like, Mike, 
tell me Dr. Drain is going to be on. I said, yeah, he's going to be on at 620. I got to listen to him. He treated me. And so, Doc, when you get that type of treatment, you're doing one hell of a job. So we well, appreciate it. I, I appreciate that very much, man. And, and, and Mike, you've been there. Man, we like at Thibodeau, we're doing great things for our patients in the community. I mean, we're, you know, our, our cancer center has the highest rating for patient satisfaction. And all of us, and then, you know, with your guys' support, we're trying to help and heal our community as best we can. Doc, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. And uh, listen, we always give you a call if something happens. And uh, we appreciate your time tonight. We know you're busy. Uh, appreciate you guys very much. Right, thank, thank you all so much.